4: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
6: Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Live from the City of Angels, where it's hot, but not nearly as sweaty or sweaty as it is in much of this great country. Welcome in. It's August 4th. And if you turn on TV last night, football is back. And you had to remind yourself over and over and over again. Preseason football means nothing. Preseason football means nothing. Preseason. Blaine Gabbert looks awesome. Preseason football means nothing. More on that to come. Mike Lombardi from The Ringer, uh, former front office member with the San Francisco 49ers, with the Oakland Raiders, uh, with the New England Patriots, Cleveland Browns. He's going to join us in 15 minutes or so here on the show. Preseason football means nothing. Preseason Blaine Gavert looked amazing last night. Remember, always revert to the preseason football means nothing. Uh, Some other things that we often say on this show have come to fruition, right? That, uh, you got to have a rabbi in the room. I mean, the discussion now in Miami is apparently between Jay Cutler and the Miami Dolphins. Cutler, who's, uh, Whose tenure as a Fox NFL analyst appears to possibly uh, end before it actually begins? So, would would he have less time on the job than um, what's the guy's name? The White House uh, spokesperson retired. Who Scarmucci? What's 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 Mucci's first name? Nobody knows Mucci's for Anthony Anthony Scarmucci. He lasted ten days on the job, right? I don't even. I don't. Can Jay Cutler actually put that on his resume? Like, I swear I signed a contract. I was a Fox NFL analyst. Like, you didn't act. Uh, if you don't call a game, but you technically uh, are named as a member of the team to call games, are you can he say I worked at Fox Sports? Yeah, why not? Right? Why not? And it would make sense. That's because Adam Gase coached him in Chicago. He had he had a very successful run until injury under Gase. Gase leaves. He's now with the Dolphins. The Dolphins need a quarterback. Uh, here's something else we say often on this show. No one gets a second opinion on good news, right? Right, Mister Gottlieb. You do not have cancer. Sorry, Doc. Gonna have to get a second opinion. Yesterday the story was that Ryan Tannehill no structural damage. On his knee, on his previously sprained, not completely torn ACL and his knee. Now he's getting a second opinion, as last night, multiple reports from people who cover the National Football League said that the Dolphins fear he's going to need surgery. That's because if he doesn't need surgery, why is his knee giving out when he's scrambling in a no-contact drill? Generally not a good sign. But no one's ever—they obviously did not say to Ryan Tannehill, you're good. He's like, "Mm, I'm going to have to get a second opinion. They're going to say, we can't find the complete tear, but obviously you're not good. We think you need surgery. I'm going to get a second opinion. But What happens is I think so oftentimes we make stories about things they're not actually about. Like I thought that Kaepernick would end up with the Baltimore Ravens. I did. Now I think that ship has sailed, not just because the Ravens, double-pumped, and they're trying to not upset Joe Flacco, who's got a little bit of a bad back, and they don't think is as bad a back as they thought it might be. And, like, if you're Flacco, I don't want, I I don't want, we're not, we don't want any quarterback competition. That's not what this is about. This is about when I'm healthy, it's my team. But then his girlfriend tweets out a picture, essentially drawing a parallel between a slave owner from Django Unchained and the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm sorry if I'm writing that check, if I'm putting myself out in the line, I'm not doing it. That That is everything an NFL owner fears or wonders about how it would go. It's not just if you hired Kaepernick, but if he doesn't play or if you cut him. And as much as I, I, was, I was guessing that'd be the one place that if they needed a guy, he would be the guy because Greg Roman's there, his rabbi in the room. Now when they pass... It should make everyone stand at attention. Like the Dolphins picking up Cutler makes a ton of sense. I mean, the exception of the fact that Jay cut- And Jay Cutler's a guy that he's the actual opposite of Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick gets signed. Some people will be uneasy, but a lot of people will really champion the mood. Hey, look at the Dolphins. They're progressive. They're not scared of any attention. But if you cut him, now are you cutting him because of the attention are you cutting him because he draws a racial divide? Are you cutting him because of the Castro shirt? Like, there'd be an uproar when he's cut. Jay Cutler, you sign him, people are like, eh, Jay Cutler. It'd almost be the opposite. When you sign Jay Cutler, people wouldn't love it. When you, if you cut Jay Cutler, they'd love it. You cut Jay Cutler, I don't like that guy. Uh, but Cutler coming back to the NFL when many people thought he didn't really have the desire to do so, Reminds me, I, I saw a comedian, and forgive me, if you can remember the comedian who did this bit, uh, God bless you, and you, can you can tweet me at Godleap show. Sean Connery is knighted, right? He's Sir Sean Connery. Great actor. Uh, speaking of great, the great John Ramos here on the ones and twos on the board today. Ramos, um, you love movies. Are you a big Sean Connery fan?
7: Black like Sean Connery, yes. Yes.
6: Um, is he your favorite 007? He is. Okay. Daniel
7: so, Craig's a close second, though.
6: Daniel Craig is? Yeah, I yeah, like him. Yeah, Dan- Daniel Craig is phenomenal. Uh, close second, I'm trying to think. Pierce Brosnan, no. Roger Moore, no. Who else am I missing?
7: I think there's one other guy in there. Uh, Timothy Dalton.
6: Timothy Dalton, no. Yeah, oh God, I'm good with that. I'm fa- That's fair. We're, okay, good. We're, <laughs> we're, we're in agreement there. We agree. Uh, Sir Sean Connery played a dragon in the movie. I think it's called Dragonheart. Do you remember that?
7: Dennis Quaid, I believe. Dennis Quaid
6: was in the movie. I just, I, I heard a comedian do this, and so I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but can you imagine the conversation between the producer and Sir Sean Connery? Hello? Yes, this is Sir Sean Connery. You want me to play what? Right? Like, I I, I know, listen, I know you're one of the most respected actors in the history of the profession, but we'd really like you to consider this role. I would not do it. It pays how much? Right. Like we all have these virtues that we hold dear. We all have things that we'd like to pass on. I'm sure Jake Cutler's like, Yeah, you know, like I got a wife, I got kids, we got money. I got this job with Fox. I get to go to games, like eh. Wait, I can be the starting quarterback of the Dolphins who are more than decent. Like the Dolphins are actually pretty good. Ryan Tannehill, who is a much maligned or begrudgingly respected starter with the Dolphins coming off his best year. I think he was eight and five last year before he got hurt year before that he threw for 4,000 yards and kind of broke through. Like if Ryan Tannehill can do it and I'm Jay Cutler and I've been in the league a decade, plus a guy who has a sick offense that I know that I don't have to learn new verbiage. I can just come in smoking Jay Cutler, (laughs) put it, you know, and it's a meme. If You don't know the internet anyway, throw the football. I mean, he could be a lot like Sir Sean Connery. No, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really into playing football. I'm very excited about what it pays How much? Starting quarterback? 12, $13 million? Like, there's just, there's not anywhere on earth that Jay Cutler can make upwards of 10, 11, 12, $13 million. I don't know what he's making for being part of the three-person booth. That's more an opportunity job. This is an opportunity plus a very well compensated job. So we can make the Kaepernick thing about the cop pig socks, or in the case of Miami, the Castro shirt. But the truth is that when you, when you have a problem and you need a quick solution, you almost always go with somebody who you've worked with before. Even, even like, because if I said you trust him, like, well, why do you trust Jay Cutler? I don't know if there's a supreme amount of trust, but at least, You know the best of, you know the worst of Jay Cutler. Like You don't have to get to know each other. You already know each other. You know what makes each other tick. You know what makes, like, you know what kind of guy Jay Cutler really is, and you know how you can succeed. And he and Gase have succeeded together on some level previously. So if if, if Kaepernick is not signed, in this case, I don't think it has as much to do with wearing a Fidel Castro T-shirt. Fidel Castro, Malcolm X. Like Minds Think Alike, I think, was the caption of the T-shirt. It doesn't actually matter what it said. Even if it said, I hate Fidel Castro, the image was so strong in a place like Miami, I'm not sure people care. But the point is, I don't think that in this particular instance, it's as much about that as it is about Cutler has always had arm talent. Cutler could have come back in the league as one of those veteran starters become backups. He didn't want to. Now the perfect opportunity at the perfect time when he still has time to play his way into shape comes to fruition, and I think it's going to be Cutler's job to turn down. That's the most I've mentioned, Jay Cutler. He was exceptional when he had an injury. Nobody knew how bad it was back in the playoffs going back a couple of years ago. But if he was Sir Sean Connery, he would say, well, of course I'll play a dragon, or that much. Ah, boy. Last night was, uh, I guess, telling Cowboys, Cardinals. Well, Preseason football is so hard. Like, just hope springs eternal, right? Like, I love it. I'm so fired up. What are you fired up about? I don't know. It's just football on my television. Mike Lombardi will join us upcoming next. Cowboys didn't show us much, but what can we expect from Dak year two? I guess the big question is for a guy who has been in multiple front offices, has studied this his entire professional life. Is what we saw from Dak Prescott the real deal, or is it a Vince Young, Tebow, Scott Mitchell? Is it a backup quarterback surrounded by a ton of talent? One-year wonder. We'll find out next. If you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with TrueCar. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade today. He's one of the most respected uh, four members of front offices in the NFL. Of course, now he covers the NFL for The Bringer. Listen to his podcast called GM Street. and Follow him on Twitter at MLombardi NFL. He's Michael Lombardi. Kind of to spend some time this year on a football Friday. That's right. We got preseason football games this weekend. We have our first one in the bank. Michael Lombardi joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How are you?
8: I'm good, thank you. How
6: are you? I'm uh, I'm fantastic. Let Let's start with the story of last night, more so than the game, which was the Miami Dolphins. They thought they dodged a bullet with Tannehill not having structural damage on his knee, but then multiple reports are they think hey, something not right with that knee. He's going to need he's going to need surgery. I I said like, look, the Cutler thing just makes a lot of sense because you got you got Gase. It's a rabbi in the room. He knows Cutler, the good, the bad. Cutler knows the system. He's a veteran. He's out there. That just makes a ton of sense to me. You've been in those discussions. You know how it actually works. Help us. How does this actually
8: work? Well, I think this it's got to be a bigger conversation than just, hey, here's the starting job of the Miami Dolphins. Come on, let's go, Jay. Give up your gig at Fox uh, Television and come on, join us. That'll always be there. I think the conversation has to be, look, Jay, we're building something special here in Miami. Ryan Tannehill has a knee injury. I don't know when he's going to come back. Honestly, I have no idea. It could be six months. It could be six weeks. You know, But this team's poised to win a Super Bowl. This team's poised to compete with the AFC champions, the the New England Patriots. And the only way we're going to do that is to get really good quarterback and play something you can give us. It's got to be a bigger picture than just, hey, be our starting quarterback for a year because why would he give up that gig? I mean, you know, it's got to be starting money and it's got to be a starting role and it's got to be something bigger than just playing quarterback. It's got to be a chance to win a title. And I think that's where Miami is. I think that's where Adam Gase thinks he is. Of course, they went to the playoffs. Last year, why wouldn't they?
6: Okay, let's let's start with the the starting money. Like, what is starting money to Cutler who doesn't have a football job? Like, where does that conversation even begin?
8: Well, I think it starts with look. He's going to have to give up something. He's going to piss off some people at Fox Sports because he's made a commitment there. So you're not just going to do it for you know a dollar more than you're making at Fox. I think it's got to be maybe a two year commitment. It's got to be something that shows the kid that you want him. I, look, I think this Tannehill thing has got two issues to it. It's got a physical issue of his knee, which he didn't get repaired, and then it's got the mental issue. You know, you play quarterback in the NFL, you've got to step up in the pocket. You have to drive the ball with your lower body. Right. If your left knee, which is your plant foot to throw the football, has been injured, you're worried like hell about people around you. You're worried about stepping up in the pocket. There's a mental thing that has to trigger through. Plus, how good is Ryan Tannehill? How good do we think he is? Do we think Jay Cutler's better than Ryan Tannehill? At times he is. At times he's not. Tannehill at times shows in the first quarter when the game's a little slower, he looks like a good quarterback. When the game speeds up in the fourth quarter on third downs on key situations, he looks like an ex-receiver trying to play quarterback. The game doesn't happen as fast. I think this is an opportunity for Jay Cutler maybe to get a job that he can keep longer than just one year.
6: Yeah, it, it it's fascinating from that perspective. Let's say the Cutler thing, the money doesn't make, they can't get him completely bought in, the idea of leaving Fox behind, or they can't get completely there. In, in your mind, uh, like, look, you you know how the front offices work. What's, what's the rest? You don't have just one guy, one target. What's the rest of the lo, uh, um, list look like?
8: Well, I think this. I think, look, I, you know, the general manager, I mean, Chris Greer, and then Mike Tannenbaum, Really, they're just going to throw names. Adam Gase is a quarterback coach. He's going to want to control this search, okay? This is what he's about. He's not going to want to go on a recommendation on what Tannenbaum might think or what Chris Greer might think. This is going to be all about what Adam Gase wants. And I think Stephen Ross would be smart to just listen to what Gase wants. That list could include Brett Hundley up at Green Bay. He's got another two years left on his contract. It could include A.J. McCarron at the Cincinnati Bengals, who's got one year left plus a restricted free, which would be a restricted free agency. So it could be on someone else's team. It could be somebody that he, that he coached before, whether it's Brock Osweiler, he coached at Denver. One thing about Gase, he likes a certain style of quarterback, and I think he believes he can make the quarterback play better. And that is why he'll, he'll make the list, not Tannenbaum or Greer.
6: One of the names that I, you have not mentioned, that other people kind of knee-jerk mention, is Colin Kaepernick. Set aside, set aside the idea of what, you know, his, the protest, or even he wore the Fidel Castro t-shirt. Just from stylistic uh, point of view, from how he plays the position to how Adam Gase likes the position played, are they a match?
8: Well, look, I think there's two narratives here. There's the Fidel Castro T-shirt that's never going to go over in Miami and shouldn't, okay? And then there's the other narrative about the player. And the player hasn't played well since 13. Nobody wants to listen to it, okay? Everybody wants to blame it on the activism, which is is their choice, which is the reason why he – he's out there, but the reality of it is that you put the game tape on, he's not a top-20 quarterback. He hasn't played well since 13. His accuracy has gone down increasingly. He can't make tight throws. He doesn't process the field. The offense isn't exactly built for him. What Jim Harbaugh did with him in 13, play-action passes, throw it up the field, yeah, that worked. But you know what's happened? The guy he traded away, Alex Smith, has had better years than Chris Colin Kaepernick has because he's played within the system. I, I think Kaepernick does doesn't fit. Remember this, Adam Gase was about a day away from being the head coach of the 49ers, and I'm not sure he would have wanted Colin Kaepernick to be his quarterback.
6: Mike Lombardi, you have to download his podcast, GM Street. Uh, you can download it, plus follow him on Twitter, at MLombardi NFL. Watched some of the Cowboys last night, watched obviously the Cardinals as well, and hard for th- those of us who are laymans to take a ton from it. Um, but I, I, I wanted more of your opinion on Dak Prescott. And whether or not what he was able to do last year is replicable this year. As you said, the windows get tighter. People start to figure you out. I'm wondering if you believe what we saw is, in fact, reality. Or was it a guy who had a great offensive line, had a great running game, had town all around him, and simply wasn't asked to do too much last season?
8: You know, I think he's, all those things are true, but I think he really made a lot of plays. I think he's made clutch plays. He protected the ball well. He drove the ball down the field. He was accurate with the football. When he had to run with the ball and make loose plays with his feet, he did. I mean, the reason they lost to Green Bay wasn't because Dak Prescott didn't play well. The reason they lost to Green Bay was because their, their defense couldn't make a play when they needed to make one. And now they've lost seven or eight starters off their defense. They're going to replace those guys. The key for Dallas, look, Last year they're 13 and three. Two of the losses are against the Giants. They swept everybody else. They were able to win. They lost to the Eagles in the last game of the season. But the reality of it is, is they're coming back. Everybody's going to be gunning for him. He may not be as effective in terms of wins 13 that he had last year, but he may be as effective in terms of his performance of play. And I think he will be. I think he's real. I think every week, last week he proved to me he could be for real, and I think he is.
6: Um. Yesterday, Tom Brady celebrated his 40th birthday. You spent time in a couple of front offices occupied uh, by Bill Belichick and people close to Bill Belichick. You know that that, that regime owes so well. What what, are, what do they think? What do people in football think of the, the possibility of longevity going beyond anything we've seen? He's 40. Granted, he didn't play the first four games of last year, which allowed him to be fresher later. Uh, but there's less contact on quarterbacks, and he takes care of himself as well as you possibly can. Like, What are reasonable expectations for what we know is an eventual decline, but that eventuality seems to keep getting pushed back further and further for Tom Brady?
8: You know, it's strange. You would think it would because of the age, but he's gotten better. I mean, if you would have asked me in 13 after the losing to Denver, out in Denver, how long Tom Brady was going to play or Peyton Manning was going to play, just, hey, Lombardi, make a prediction. Who's going to be in the league longer? I would have said by no doubt Peyton Manning would have been, and then we see Peyton Manning because of the neck injury and some of the other stuff that's going on. He, his body broke down. And he took care of his body. It's hard to predict. There's no precedent. What we're seeing now is a reflection of the great training, the great nutrition, the players dedicating themselves 12 months out of the year. I mean, there used to be a time when the players came to training camp to get in shape. Now they're in shape and they're refining their game. So I think it's pretty – I think it's hard to predict. I do know this. Because you're in uncharted waters, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's why they've kept Jimmy Garoppolo, because they know he's a good player, and they're not sure what's going to happen moving forward, and they're right to do that.
6: The Pro Football Hall of Fame's uh, class induction class of 2017, this is the weekend we celebrated. There's a couple of interesting names. There's Kurt Warner, who had a couple of the greatest seasons at the time we'd ever seen, and is maybe the greatest story uh, that we've ever seen to become a Hall of Famer. But also he had five years, which... He was injured, and you just couldn't keep him on the field. It wasn't a good open-air quarterback playing with, with the Giants. Then you got Terrell Davis, who had the 2,000-yard season but was playing behind a ridiculous offensive line in a system that produced, I think, 7,000-yard rushers. Uh, but he's one of those guys that people have thought for a long time, I know he didn't have great longevity, but he won a couple of Super Bowls. That guy should be a Hall of Famer. Who is who's the non-Hall of Famer that benefits most from the Kurt Warners, from – Uh, The Terrell Davis is getting in that will now get in because they broke through.
8: Well, look, I mean, both of them are unique stories. I worked, I worked out Terrell Davis as a college as a college prospect, and he played almost fullback when he transferred from Long Beach State. Both guys' journey to where they've got to is really remarkable, and I and I think you'll see more of this happen as kids change their career. Look at Malcolm Butler; he could easily be from a guy who was going to a tryout camp to be one of the best corners in the league. And if he keeps going to Pro Bowls, he could end up going to the Hall of Fame. But you know this this story is remarkable because if you ask Ron Wolf when he said when he signed Kurt Warner out of Northern Iowa, they couldn't get him to throw the ball at practice, and now this guy's going in the Hall of Fame. So it's about it's really about persistence, it's about diligence, and it's about passion and loving the game and staying with it and being in the right place at the right time. Because what people don't remember, if Trent Green doesn't get hurt for the lost St. Louis Rams,
6: he never gets Kurt Warner
8: might not be in the Hall of Fame.
6: Yeah, yeah, it's the butter, the butterfly effect, right? Not might not have ever seen a field. I mean, exactly. he, he, I mean, that that team, I was actually explaining that to Michael, to my my producer beforehand, because he's he's 15 years old. He doesn't. He doesn't know. I was like, hey, you realize they had Mike Marks. system was kind of ahead of its time. People, had, they were playing indoors. So they're playing super fast. They had the best left tackle in football. They had the best running back in Marshall Falcon football. They had Isaac Bruce. They had Oz Hakim was their third wide receiver. Ricky Pro was their fourth wide receiver. I mean, they were an absolute loaded team, and Trent Green was a good quarterback elsewhere afterwards. He doesn't get hurt. We may never hear from Kurt Warner.
8: Yeah, and it's remarkable. And the Rams in the last 26 seasons, all those great names you've mentioned, they had four winning seasons. and 4 I mean, four playoff bursts, three 10-win seasons, and one 8 and 8 seasons. The Rams are a franchise that people think have been really good because of all those names you've mentioned. Yeah. And then when you look at them over the last 26 years, They've had four really good seasons.
6: Hey, uh, last thing. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. came out last week and said he wanted to be the highest-paid player uh, in the NFL. Uh, your laugh is the laugh of most front office people. Like, that's, that's, that's cute. Um, uh, how do you, if you're in the New York Giants front office, how do you handle the fact that like, well, he's really, really popular, he's really talented, and you're going to have to pay him handsomely, but you also have to control the ego, control the behavior, and control the salary? H- how do you handle that?
8: well you got 3 years so he's going to have he plays this year on his contract next year they pick up the option he he has that year and then they have the franchise so you add those 3 numbers together and that's what he's going to earn over 3 years and every dollar you give him above that now is something that you should get in return on the contract as you extend it. Look, I respect his 35 touchdowns. There's no question that when you look at this player, he gets the ball in the end zone. He has 288 career catches, the same amount of catches that Jarvis Landry has down at Miami Dolphins. Now, Landry averages just slightly over 10 yards a catch. This kid averages 14 I think Beckham's a really good player. But for this conversation to be talked about as one of the highest-paid players in the league, it just shows you how we've become a Twitter universe about how people are just going crazy. I mean, look, did anybody watch the game, the playoff game, when he didn't make catches against the Packers? I mean, your best player has to play best all the time. And one thing I know about receivers, and I think receivers are great, but receivers can be taken out of the game. Quarterbacks can't. That's yep. why they're the highest-paid players.
6: Yeah, my, my argument, and again, this is not nearly as in-depth or insightful an argument as yours, Michael, but I said, uh, I said, hey, the greatest season we've seen in the history of football from a wide receiver arguably is Calvin Johnson, right? That team won four games. Whereas uh, when, Tom Brady I mean, had, when Tom Brady had his best season, his team won 16 of 16 games. If your quarterback Look, has a great season, you, you're going to have a good t- season.
8: It's the 35 touchdowns, you know, and I think that that certainly needs to be rewarded. I think it's remarkable, and I think he has those spectacular plays. But we're such an ESPN highlight generation that we remember those great plays right. that we forget about the drops. Yep. And when you're getting ready to pay players a lot of money, you can't forget the drops.
6: Michael Lombardi. Follow him on Twitter at MLombardiNFL or listen to his podcast, it's called GM Street. It's a must-download for any football fan. Michael, great catching up with you. Hope to do it very, very soon. Again, we appreciate you. Thanks, Doug. Bye-bye. All right, that's Michael Lombardi. I called it months ago, and it looks like Daddy was right. Uh the doctor is in, but in a different field. All right, maybe a little bit too clever, too. Too yeah, it was too much? A little bit? All right, we'll get to it after we get to what's trending. So a couple of months ago. We were talking about Doc Rivers and what you do if you're the Clippers. Again, part of it, timing is everything. Timing is everything. And what you have to remember about Doc Rivers and how he had complete and autonomous control of the Clippers was why he had complete and autonomous control of the Clippers. Do you remember why that was? Remember what happened? Yeah, the old owner, Donald Sterling, made racist remarks on a tape. So when they needed somebody to run the franchise like we gotta have somebody who's black and Doc Rivers is really well respected and happens to be black and we're like why do we hire somebody else when we can hire Doc It at, at the time it made a ton of sense right, they had a good team Doc had been around a championship organization he surrounded surround himself with people who knew what he didn't know and they go and get Jared Dudley to be a small forward that doesn't work they bail on Jared Dudley and they start taking on water because it's really, really hard to have four legit starters in the NBA and not a fifth. And then as good as J.J. Redick had been for them, if J.J. Redick is not your fifth best starter, you're in a little bit of trouble as far as a championship team. DeAndre Jordan can't shoot, can't score, etc. And then they had injuries to in subsequent years to Chris Paul and to Blake Griffin. So the Clippers did exactly what I would do, which is, this is what happened in Seattle with Mike Holmgren. I like, remember when Mike Holmgren went to the Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks, Matt Hasselback was his quarterback. Do you guys remember that? They got they got completely screwed. I mean, even Pittsburgh Steelers fans would be like, dude, they got screwed. Poorly officiated game. Anybody, who, anybody who's neutral was like, mm, don't feel great about the Seahawks, the officiating against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, which... Uh, it was Ben Roethlisberger's first Super Bowl. The best pass thrown by a Pittsburgh Steeler was thrown by, um, uh, what's the, what was the wide receiver's name? Played quarterback in Indiana. Oh, man. Antoine Randoel. Antoine Randoel actually threw, Ben Roethlisberger had the lowest quarterback rating of any Super Bowl winning quarterback up until I think Peyton Manning passed it two years ago. That's how bad Ben, Big Ben was in that game. But the officiating was, t- anyway, when Mike Holmgren finally took Seattle to the Super Bowl, it's when they took away his president and general manager duties. And he had actually done, he'd actually done a pretty good job of drafting and of signing players. It was just too much. So that's what Steve Ballmer did with the Clippers. Quote, I've owned the team for three years now, and I really better understand what an owner's responsibility is. And it turns out that running a franchise and coaching are two enormous and different jobs, Ballmer told uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. The notion that one purpose can one person can fairly focus on them and give them the attention they need isn't the case. To be as good as we can be, to be a championship franchise, we need two functioning, strong people building teams un, uh, beneath them. There needs to be a healthy discussion and debate with two strong, independent-minded people. There are different relationships that a player has with the coach and front office. Doc put Lawrence—that's Lawrence, Lawrence Frank—in charge of the non-coaching aspects of the front office last year. He's done a fantastic job. I want them each to dig in. Lawrence has come on strong in that role and has helped us go down that path. This is actually really big for Lawrence Frank. Do you remember when Lawrence Frank lost his job with the Brooklyn Nets? Jason Kidd was the head coach, and he was paid a million dollars a year to be his assistant coach and to be his right hand because Jason Kidd had just come off the court and didn't know what he's doing. And I guess Lawrence Frank overstepped his bounds. Jason Kidd said I, he can file a report once a week. So he got paid for the year, and then he came over to join the Clippers. Um, the Clippers, of course, the second organization to make this move. The Hawks removed the president tag from Mike Budenholzer. That one didn't work with the Hawks. It's just too much. It's just too much. You can't be salesman and sales manager. You can't. You can't be a program director and on-air host, right? What, what Ramos? You're a program director? No, no. Yeah. So... Yeah.
7: <laughs> So why do we keep doing it then? Why does it keep being done? You've stated it right now. It's too much work. The Balmer well, just said right now, yeah, this is too much work. But yet, people still keep handing president, be, general manager, head coach jobs to because people.
6: Because you can't get guys to stay unless you give them that title, right? That's, that's what happens. Like, oh, I'm going to leave. Like, all right, we'll give you another title. And then it becomes the Peter Principle as well. You know, remember Peter Principle? Peter Principle is uh, it's a business principle where you're advanced beyond – Uh, be on your level of competency. You know? Phil Jackson, right? Like, why did the Knicks hire Phil Jackson as president? Because they couldn't get him to be coach. They wanted to be coach. Like, I don't want to be coach. I'll be president. Like, okay. Sure. That makes sense. Makes sense. I don't know. And, you know, like, look. Owners know business. They know their own business. They don't necessarily know the basketball business. And Steve Ballmer's like, all right, now I got a little bit better sense. That's really hard to do. And look, some of this is on Doc Rivers. Like, he should have brought in and brought a complete structure of other people underneath him. Hey, I, I'd like to, I want to be president. I want to make have the ultimate decision-making on on personnel and on contracts and all that stuff. But I need a whole group over there. And then I need a, somebody to be the leader over there, which is probably what he's done, right? Like Lawrence Frank is a former NBA head coach. They do have a good relationship. And so he, end of the day, the buck still probably stops with Doc Rivers. But I mean, this is no different than I had this conversation. <laughs> I had this conversation with a buddy of mine who hosts another radio show. He's like, oh man, you know, my co-host, wanted my, I was like, well, not really a co-host. They're more of a sidekick. All right, my sidekick wanted to do this. And my producer wanted to do that. And I said, well, you know, like every once in a while, you have to just remember that, remind them like nicely whose names on the show, like ultimately the buck stops. Some Somebody has to make the final decision and you got to feel good about it because it's your show. And it's the same thing with Doc Rivers. Like he's got to feel good about it and I'm sure he'll make final decision, but it, it's a lot. Why do we keep doing it? The same reason we do anything with, with giving people new, it's a way to pay people more money. That's it. That's it. It's like one of the problems... Um one of the problems at my one of my previous places of employment is that guys are really good radio producers and some of them aren't great managers. And what happens is they go like associate producer, producer one, producer two, and then maybe they become executive producer and they have some management. Then they're like a program director and they don't get to produce anymore. When they're really good, when they're in the slop, you know, they're making calls. They're talking about content. They're involved daily basis. Some people are wired for management, but some people are not. And it's not really their fault. But the only reason that the only way to keep around and to pay them enough money based upon how we structure things in corporate environment is, well, like, I don't care how good a producer is. He's not worth that much. He actually is. But only in that role. So not everybody can be Tristan Thompson and make $10 million to be a star role player, right? You know, don't shoot, don't dribble, pass every time you get it, unless you're around the hoop and then just dunk everything and try and block shots. Right. I mean, that's like, I mean, Dan Beyer, you'll hear him this weekend um, on Sunday, right? On Fox sports radio. I wake up Sunday mornings. I always listen to Dan Beyer. Cause it's great to hear him in this chair offering his own perspective, but it's like, wow, he's awesome doing trending and doing our updates. Like, yeah, but you can't make what he wants to make when he's just doing that. Right?
9: Buyer. Right?
6: Here I am pleading for more money for Buyer, pleading for more money for Ramos. Keep pleading.
7: Keep please. Pleading. <laughs> Looks like I'm the only one not getting one. <laughs> <laughs> I, Ryan.
6: You were asleep five minutes ago. Oh. I'm glad you, you could just you could just join us. Alex uh, says uh, he's learned his lesson. Do you believe him? Find out next. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com trade. And check it out today. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Got lots of stuff to get to. Um, you know what? Let's play a game called Psychic.
1: Let's reach into Gottlieb's sack. (laughs) Uh, My
6: sack of games is uh, sitting next to Dan Byer. I already know it's psychic because, um, well, I'm psychic. Well, Doug, I know your name's on the show, but John and I discussed, let's
10: continue to talk about last segment and giving us raises. You know, we should maybe carry that over. Um, No, what do we got in the sack? Oh, yes, he dug new all along. Okay, let's start with the NFL. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette says Steelers wide receiver Martavis Bryant has not satisfied the NFL's requirements for full reinstatement, despite being conditionally reinstated all the way back in April. Now, psychic, will the Steelers have wide receiver Martavis Bryant for week one of the NFL season? Yes,
6: yes. I think they're making him crawl before he walks. I think they're making this extra slow, extra painful. Because as I, as I informed people yesterday, failing the marijuana test uh, or being in the program for marijuana in the NFL is, means you're failing an intelligence test, not a drug test. If you pass the initial test, the initial test, there is no subsequent testing, and when you fail that initial test, you're, it's either hubris, you know, a- arrogance, or stupidity, or or addiction. Which people are like. Okay, I'm not addicted to weed. I just really, really like it and need it all the time. Whatever. Uh, point is, uh, I just I think the NFL is making it really, really hard to get it to get him on the football field to make sure. And I I actually I, though the Steelers hate it. I think they probably on some levels like it because they don't want to invest in him in terms of their season plans unless they know that they're definitely going to have him.
10: Moving on to the NBA, Knicks forward Kristaps Porzingis told NBA.com he's been studying film of the greats in the offseason. And by that, I mean he's been studying the trash talk of Conor McGregor. So, psychic, will McGregor's trash talk help Porzingis get a mental edge over opponents
6: next season? No. No. (laughs) That's not the guy, I mean, that's not the trash. If I, I was him, I would be following the trash talk of Larry Bird, right? That's the best white guy NBA trash talker. I'm going to get it right here, and I'm going to shoot it, and I'm make it in your face, and they, do it and they would do it. Go to the three-point shooting contest, walk into the locker room, which one of you guys is getting second? I go with Larry Legend, don't go with Conor McGregor.
10: Sticking to basketball, kind of. Steph Curry didn't finish the first round of the LMA Classic in last place. And now with the second round underway and with 154 players now in the field because two dropped out, Curry starts the day in 136th place. So, Doug, will Steph Curry actually finish in the top 140 in the Web.com event? Uh, He was at 154. There's 154 in and right now he's in 136th place. Yes.
6: Yes, I think he'll close with a flourish. I think he'll finish under 130 in the 120s.
10: All right. Uh, Alex Rodriguez told The Hollywood Reporter that looking back 10 years from now, his 2014 ban could turn out to be one of the best things to happen in his life. So in 10 years, will A-Rod continue to believe the 211-game suspension was a good thing?
6: Um, Yeah, you know, he actually just tweeted out a picture of uh, him and and J Lo taking a walk in New York City. Uh, I mean, th- those are two. Those are two people that have gone through. She's never really had a bad image, but I think if you paid attention, you're like, is some kind of off there. And the, but now, they're both kind of experiencing like life two point out. Like for Alex Rodriguez, it's got to be be good for him because now he's dating somebody who's a much bigger star than he ever was. That's uh, got to be weird. Like he's he's the eye candy. Um, anyway, and he, she's young. She's much younger than Madonna. The Madonna thing was weird, <laughs> dude. Madonna oh. thing was weird. Um, yeah, I think, like, I, if he really gets real and he realized that he was like a jerk and arrogant and, and surrounded himself with sycophants and went to Mike Francesa and then lied about everything that went on, I, I guess, I guess uh. so. Uh, final one.
10: Uh, will the term of the mayor in McIntyre, Iowa be raised to from four year or from two years to four? The reason I asked Doug, is because they had a vote on it this week. 110 people in the town. No one showed up to vote. So absolutely no one showed up to vote on if the mayoral term in McIntyre, Iowa, should be from 2 to 4, so I figured I'd just leave it up to it, Psychic it, to it, decide. It, it
6: should not, because all one person had to do was the mayor. Why didn't he show up <laughs> yeah, yeah, to right.
10: That was Scott sack. Right? All right, we got a
6: home <laughs> run in Chicago, and it's not hit by a cub. We'll get you an update on that. Jerry Jones is great. But a Hall of Famer? We discuss next. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mike Trout's going to join us in an hour and uh, 15 minutes. That would be the best player in baseball, the reigning NL MVP. He has hit safely in 13 of the 15 games since he returned from a stint on the DL. Mike Trout, Angels, All-star, two-time MVP, joins us in an hour and 15 minutes. Dabo Swinney going to join us in 15 minutes. Is that right? 30 minutes. Dabo Swinney, head coach of defending national champion Clemson, going to join us in 30 minutes. So we got star-studded lineup. My thanks to Cindy Katz and to Ryan Music working together to always book out this show. If you miss Mike Lombardi, who joined us, he crushed it from the ringer former front office member of multiple teams in the NFL. Download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, iTunes, FoxSportsRadio.com, wherever podcasts are, your podcasts are available. Uh, this weekend is Hall of Fame weekend. And I've, I've told people this before, like, part of it is I know Kurt Warner, and I like Kurt Warner, and I love Kurt Warner's story. So I'm always conflicted on the Kurt Warner Hall of Fame deal. I just am. Because... Normally, like, once you become a Hall of Famer, like, if you're really great, aren't you great the whole time? Like, right? Like, aren't you great the whole Even, now look, um, Michael Jackson, the, the albums after he uh, parted with Quincy Jones weren't as good. Right? The, the great songs were earlier in his career up until the Bad album. And then it was very, very hit or miss. And, you know, once he didn't have one of the world's great producers, his songs weren't as good. But you could still hear greatness at in moments, black or white, some of the other, um, some, there's some of the other songs in which you could still hear his voice and and know his talent still existed. And my point is, well, it's a weird comparison, Kurt Ward to Michael Jackson. But still, my point is that that wasn't really the case worth Kurt Warner. It wasn't just about getting an opportunity. It was about he had to get an opportunity in the right place. So, Kurt Warner, for people who forget, played at Northern Iowa. He did play in, they used to have the uh, European League or the Global League in the NFL. And he played arena football. But he wasn't, he was on the Rams as a backup, or even a third stringer going back in 1998 that was when he was 27 years old he was 28 and right around this time trent green got hurt tore his acl and i think was the first or second preseason game and so they were scouring looking for another quarterback he steps in and engineers a 13 and 3 season with 41 touchdowns he led the league in completion percentage he led the league in touchdown percentage he led the league in uh uh, yards per game rate. Um, and it was simply remarkable, remarkable. The next season, again, led the league in completion percentage. Although he did not, he was hurt. He didn't play the whole season. And then in his third season, he was the NFL's MVP. They went fourteen and two. They lost in that Super Bowl to the uh, New England Patriots. He led the league in completion percentage in yards. Um, and had, uh, what was it, 36 touchdowns, but did through 22 picks. So if somebody is really great, shouldn't they remain as great? Then he suffered through injury-plagued seasons, bad defense, and frankly just terrible play. His last two years in in uh, St. Louis, he was 0-7 as a starting quarterback. 0-7 as a starter. Then he went to the New York Giants, where he started as they had drafted Eli Manning, and that didn't work. Part of it was he wasn't healthy. Part of it was he wasn't good. He was five and four as a starter, six touchdowns, four interceptions. Went to Arizona, started a little bit. They were two and eight. Then he was a backup at thirty-five. At thirty, at thirty-six, he got another opportunity because Matt Leinert got hurt. He threw twenty-seven touchdowns in third and. 17 interceptions. At 37 years old, he took them to a Super Bowl, but they were only a 9-7 team. 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. But the, the you would think if he was one of the all-time greats, like, he would be great all-time. But he wasn't. So, Kerr Warner's getting into the Hall of Fame because Arizona was so bad before him and they were so good with him. And because St. Louis was so bad before him and so good with him, but if you're an all it's a it's a hard argument to make to go like, well, he's one of the great if you're one of the greats ever, aren't you at least at least decent everywhere you go? I mean, he wasn't decent. He couldn't stay on the field, couldn't play in her center, couldn't play in open air. But he had a couple of the greatest seasons in the history of the league. Like to me, what I think this, this year's NFL draft class, Jason Taylor, classy, God, he doesn't I mean he not look like he's aged a minute. like how old is Jason Taylor? He look I I mean, I I don't know many guys that are retired look as good as Jason Taylor. That dude's crazy good looking. I'm jealous. But him and Terrell Davis, I think the NFL has figured out, hey, you know what, if you're great for a short period of time, like if I'm Priest Holmes. I feel really good about the possibility that I might get in someday. Problem with Priest-Thomas is they didn't win anything in the playoffs as opposed to uh, Terrell Davis' Bronco teams, as opposed to Kurt Warner's Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, if not for the story of Kurt Warner, is Kurt, Kurt Warner a Hall of Famer? I mean, not really. Not really. But that is part of the story. And then you have Jerry Jones. I'm in two Hall of Fames. Okay, Now, they're both Jewish Sports Hall of Fames, but there are two more Hall of Fames than most of you, so I don't take it as a slight that I'm in two Hall of Fames, but I'm in two Hall of Fames. And one of the things that I found interesting, whether or not it's a Hall of Fame, or it's a, uh, there's a couple events that I emcee, to which you'll have people that have legitimate successes in sports and in life that get recognized. And then you'll have a guy that wrote the biggest check to the foundation to get recognized. That's what it feels like with Jerry Jones. Like, Look, I I do think that Jerry Jones has done some things in business. Remember, before he took over the Dallas Cowboys, they were run as just a football team, whereas he turned them into a business. They were the first to have sponsorship and signage and and, and get the, get the, the stadium named. And, you know, he's expanded in so many ways the spectrum of business the Dallas Cowboys are in, and he's helped influence the rest of the league. So he's like an NFL business Hall of Famer. But to be an actual Hall of Famer seems weird, right? To take one of the iconic sports franchises, and for 20 years, they couldn't do anything in the playoffs. I'll grant you the Dallas Cowboys are a financial success, but shouldn't the, uh, and shouldn't, whether or not you're be in the Hall of Fame, shouldn't that have to do at least on some level with how the team does? That one strikes me as weird. And then I look around other Hall of Fames and like, eh, maybe not that weird. I'm not saying he wrote the biggest check, but the fact is he brought in some of the biggest checks, and so that gets recognized. So I'm going to take care of Jerry but Jerry Jones becomes a Hall of Famer. Like the best teams he ever had, he fought constantly with Jimmy Johnson and then ran Jimmy Johnson out of town. And they were never really the same ever since. So I... I eh, I don't know. And I do, in fact, like Jerry Jones. Um, the one thing he's caught a lot of heat for recently is when he said there's no evidence of domestic violence, a domestic violence issue with Ezekiel Elliott. And of course that causes social media to, to make a stir. And even I said, you could have worded it better. I'm like, I, I think what he should, what, what the, what the owner should have said is, listen, we've researched this. We have investigated, we've hired our best people and, To this point, we haven't been able to obtain any information, which which leads us to believe that there's anything that there's any evidence of domestic violence. Instead, he just said there's no and and there's no evidence of domestic violence. Look, Jerry Jones is bold. He gets to the Cowboys, and almost his first order of business is to get rid of Tom Landry, legendary head coach, to uh, to uh, modernize the Dallas Cowboys, modernize the way they run turn them into a business, hire Jimmy Johnson. They were the first team to truly tank. They were the first team to get bad before they got really, really good. And they were one of the first teams to realize what jersey you wear, when you wear them, is important in terms of how much you sell them. Like, all of that stuff works. I just, I don't know. I mean, I it's like business Hall of Fame or is that the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio? I guess. But... Don't we hold the fact that the Cowboys haven't been able to achieve much on the football field, don't we hold some of that against them? You guys watched last night? Watched the whole game?
7: Most of it. I did.
6: How about you?
5: Uh, I only watched part of it, like the first half, really.
6: Yeah, I mean that's the preseason football game. You know, pre, You know, uh, NFL teams this year they have ninety guys, and they're not. There's no cut down. There used to be a cut down midway through. So I'm telling you, if you can, if you can name more than two starters <laughs> in a no in a fourth preseason game this year, because remember the third game is the dress rehearsal game. The fourth game is not. Last year they would have seventy five guys on the roster for the fourth game and cut down to 53 this year they'll have 90 guys on the roster to cut down to 53 so you won't see anybody who's going to be you might see one or two guys who are actually on the active roster get a chance to play and those are most likely the kickers or punters
5: i bet you dan buyer probably could
6: it went, went in the in the last preseason game
5: dan you think you could
6: I no? watched less than both
10: of you guys last night. I, oh. I saw about, I was excited for it and saw about 10 minutes.
6: Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like super, super exciting, Like, oh yeah.
10: Yeah, to see the graphics and the uniforms and the helmets. And then all of a sudden you watch about three plays and you're like, I don't know who number 36 is on the Cardinals. What's Bobby Flay beating today? Yeah. Who's he beating?
6: Yeah. You're like your Bobby Flay guy, huh? Ah, uh, just Food Network. Yeah. Thursday no, like, nights is beat Bobby Flay night. I like. I like Food Network. I do. I do as well. Sports are fascinating because um, it's the opposite of politics. I'll explain next. You're looking to sell your car? There's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell your car or trade it in, check out truecar.com slash trade today. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Half full or half empty? you half full or half empty? Uh, I, I'm Ramos. So I'm guessing you're half half full, right?
7: Half full sounds good to me, Doug.
6: Uh, what about you, music? You half full or half empty?
7: Half full.
6: Wait, there was a little bit of a stutter there, right? Wasn't there? <laughs> half, half. I
5: I half thought full. about it and I decided. You know, it's Friday. Let's Friday. be let's be an no, optimist. No,
6: no, 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 not of you uh, Are you an optimist on a daily basis?
5: I would say half full on a daily basis.
6: Uh, Dan Beyer, I saw him just walking into his studio. I'm not sure. Dan, are you half full or half empty? I'm usually half empty. Why? I don't
10: know. Just It's just
6: my nature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but your teams are, let me see here. Let me see if I get this right, right? Okay. Seahawks. Yes. Brewers. Yes. Uh, Bucks. Yep. There okay. you go. Yeah. Okay, so those are your your teams. Yes. Um, your thoughts on the Seahawks upcoming season?
10: I don't think that they're gonna be as good as people think they are. I don't think that they're I don't <laughs> think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think they
6: well, uh, what hold on, what do you think what do you think about the Bucks, uh, what they've been able to do in the off season? <laughs> Again,
10: um, it's been somewhat quiet. Um I don't know how much they've really they they've moved up just because everybody else has moved down, like the Hawks have dropped, but they're Still about a five in the east.
6: Kind of a kind of a uh, it's kind of a half full guy, right? Like it's say, you know, and now he's like resigned, like you know, the Brewers just Indians are better. Yeah, it was bound
10: to happen. It was well, Cubs, Cubs were bound to Cubs take better, over. Sorry. Yeah,
6: yeah, Cubs are Cubs are just bound to be better than us. At Some point they spend more money; they're going to be. It's better. good while it, while it lasted. Yeah, it was it's fun. Good, it's good while it lasted. I think you know, last night's a perfect example. Um, or yesterday, yesterday in totality is a perfect example. Like. Uh, College football rankings come out, people get super excited, super hopeful. NFL preseason comes out, people get super excited, super hopeful. You know, I I think sports is almost the opposite of politics. For politics, we always expect the worst. Whereas sports, we kind of expect the best. We just always think there's a a new recruit, new signee. There's a new life, a new hope, a new chance. Like, your team still stinks. Like, no, 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 this year, you think about Cubs fans. Next year's going to be our year. I don't know. I, I watched the preseason game last night, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, you start talking about all these teams, and if you only talk about the positives, you're like, wow, they could be really good. Arizona Cardinals. Why not? We had Bruce Arians on a couple weeks ago. Carson Palmer back. Larry Fitzgerald back. You know, David Johnson back. Uh, why not? Like, yeah, David Johnson got hurt last year. Carson Palmer hasn't been nearly as good since uh, the the knee injury or since getting kind of exposed in the playoffs a couple years ago. Larry Fitzgerald has been great in kind of the second life, but once you start talking about retirement, and they lost four starters on defense, and they weren't particularly good last year. But if I only sold you on the positives, which is, I don't know, I, I feel like sports generally is different. Now, once the games start... Now, all of a sudden, those old habits, teams that find ways to lose, it 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 starts bringing back up all those old memories. But I think sports in the non-conference, in the preseason, in the early part of the year, in recruiting, like we're super, super positive. Super positive about that. Am I the only one? Couldn't be the only. the side maybe it's it's how it's marketed maybe it's the hope like or here's one is that nfl commercial where they're all diving into the end zone scoring touchdowns like wow yeah nfl it's like it's all highlights and fun and then you like you forget that like nfl games can be a little bit boring they can be not so much fun There, there there's some bad teams out there some really really bad teams out there really bad do you guys see this story um This is actually, this is the opposite of a sentence. Now, look, for the record, I wasn't working here when the Charles Oakley thing took place. But I I wasn't as pro-Oakley as everybody else, right? Like, they wouldn't have gone after and tried to remove Oakley unless he was doing and saying something that caused him to have to be removed. So a former New York Knicks great Charles Oakley on Friday accepted a deal to have charges stemming from a February incident dismissed but he left open the possibility of pursuing civil action against James Dolan. Oakley was arrested and run in with MSG security on February 8th, charged with two misdemeanor counts of assault, one misdemeanor count of aggravated uh, harassment and one misdemeanor count of trespassing. He was also cited for two additional counts of harassment and that are considered to be non-criminal violations. On Friday, ADA that's assistant district attorney, Ryan leaps, uh, offered Oakley a deal and adjournment in uh, in uh, contemplation of dismissal that will lead to the charges being dropped if he stays out of trouble for six months and complies with a condition that prohibits Oakley's from trespassing at Madison Square Garden for one year. Oakley declined comment when asked about the trespassing condition, but he said in court he has no plans to go to MSG when the conditions were announced. His attorney said the garden was wrong for the way they treated him. He doesn't need a trial to prove that. Actually, he kind of does. Like if he wanted to be completely vindicated, then he should have gone to trial. Otherwise this leads me to believe as I've always believed that James Dolan was wrong to have him removed, but he wasn't really wrong to have him removed. It was the way in which they did it. And it was the fact that uh, they confronted him in a very public place instead of, and I know they tried to simply ask him to come along you know, come with them, and then they wanted to talk to him, which is when they wanted to eject him. But I, I just—I don't think you plead out on something that you didn't do. Do you?
5: Not in that situation, I don't think. I mean, because because of the nature of that. I mean, maybe in other cases where they're like, "Look, man, I know you're saying you didn't do it, but they got like your fingerprints on the gun. It doesn't look
6: good, man. Something like that." Right, but that's what I'm saying. He, the, the, you only you only plead out if you did it. So, if you say, like, I absolutely did nothing wrong. Right, like, I didn't do anything. You, I was are just you, sitting there are enjoying you ex- the game. Yeah, why are you accepting this plea deal if I did nothing wrong? Right. He did something. That, look, two wrongs don't make a right. Huh? Three rights make a left, is not it? Three rights make a left? <laughs> My favorite line is, uh, two fives make a ten, so does five twos. I like that as well. Anyway. But I just now look, his part of his sentence is he can't go to Madison Square Garden. Like, okay. I love the idea that you can go there with a ticket and you can still be charged with trespassing. Think about that. (laughs) Yeah, how's that work? I don't know. That's kind of like when you like, you know, you can't if some if you leave a bar after drinking, but you don't get behind the wheel drunk, you can get arrested for public intox. Even if you're going to um, if between the. Leaving the bar and going into your car, technically you're public, public intox. Like, it's actually illegal, And you, but I don't understand. Like, how are you supposed to get home? Even if you're not driving, you can get arrested for public intox simply standing there waiting for a cab or an Uber. You're swaying back and forth, whatever. Doesn't happen unless they really want, but this is a lot like uh, trespassing. Like, wait, I was trespassing? I had a ticket. If you actually read the fine print of a ticket, yeah, you can be arrested for trespassing even though you bought the ticket if they ask you to leave.
5: I gave you money. You said I could come inside. No, 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 no. You're not allowed here anymore.
6: (laughs) I know. And they don't don't have to give you their money back. It's a fine print, man. That's like the credit card you buy with 0.0% interest. And then the second month, they hit you with 18.9% interest. Dabo Sweeney around the corner. First, let's find out what's going on in the world of sports. Here's what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Always interesting to see what happens uh, when you have that, that signature player that leaves. And what I would guess is going to happen with Clemson football, and look, in fairness, it's like DeAndre Hopkins has come out and said, DeAndre Hopkins, a former Clemson football player, uh, has come out and said that you know, even though um, even though they were able to go out and get You know Clemson's starting quarterback from last year. You know to be their guy. DeAndre Hopkins is saying that that Tom Savage should be their starting quarterback. If anybody, if anybody should should be the judge of quarterbacks, I played with most quarterbacks in NFL history through my first four years. That's DeAndre Hopkins, so I put my stamp on Savage, and I think that's all that needs to be said by that. Wow, it's a strong statement. Remember, they drafted Deshaun Watson, moved up to get him in the uh, first round. And people are like, oh, Deshaun Watson's going to be a starter. But Deshaun Watson has a lot to learn in regards to playing in the National Football League. Hopkins said, i played with at least 10 quarterbacks, so because of what Savage does well, what he can do with this team, I know he can help us win, and we want to win. He does everything well. He's a student of the game from just being on the bench, watching, learning from other people's mistakes, and seeing what they've done wrong. He can put the ball in any place. He has a strong arm. He has a knowledge of the offense, and he's been in the offense for his entire career. I wouldn't say I was frustrated, DeAndre Hopkins said. We were winning. Uh, we didn't win the ultimate goal, but we gave the Patriots one of their closest games of the whole season and the biggest challenge that they had. So I would be It would be selfish on my part if I said I was selfish with my team going to the second round of the playoffs and almost beating the Patriots. But I know we have a great team. My teammates, those guys that count on me to come here, make this team get better. Guys like Lamar Miller and J.J. Watt want to win a championship and and, uh, and I know for them, to be able to do that, I have to be able to come out here and help those guys do it. So, you know, the other 52 players on the team, they depend on me. That's why I'm here. DeAndre Hopkins, like, I love Deshaun Watson. Tom Savage should be our guy. Nobody knows quarterbacks like me. I've played with a bunch of quarterbacks. That's the guy. Surprising. But what I was, get, what I was getting at is Clemson has been loaded with talent uh, really, since Dabo took over, but Deshaun Watson kind of elevated them, and and that was really the expectations when they saw when they when they signed him. And to live up to and possibly exceed anybody's reasonable expectations, like I think it's reasonable that that Deshaun Watson would take them to new heights. But to say like, all right, he's going to win us our first national championship game since 1980, like when he got there, like that; those are almost unreasonable expectations. He accomplished them, but the question for Clemson is: All right, now quarterback situation, lofty expectations. Now you're trying to become a brand name in the sport. Can you do it after losing your signature player and losing Mike Williams? Of course, another first round draft pick, another Clemson wide receiver going off to the NFL. Let's catch up with the head coach of defending national champs, Dabo Sweeney, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coach, how are you?
11: I'm great, thank you.
6: Coach, y'all doing well? I'm I'm doing really really well. Um. Look, I mentioned that Deshaun achieved anything that anyone could have possibly hoped for him in his career, even coming back from the knee injury, to then lead you to back-to-back playoffs and then into the national championship. Um, but but how, do you, how do you come down off that high, if you will, and, and continue this path of the program becoming more of just a, a brand name in the ACC, a brand name nationally, of constantly being a threat to win the thing?
11: Yeah, well, we just do what we always do. I mean, we're going for our 7th 10+ 10-plus win season in a row. So, I mean, it's hard to win national championships and and our goal is always to be just incredibly consistent. And uh in order to do that for us, we start over every year. So, when you say how do you come down from that? Well, unfortunately, uh you 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 get back to work and you and you start watching the tape and you're like, "God, man, we
2: stunk
11: in that area. We got we got to get better." There's so much to improve when you start self-evaluating and studying your season. And, you know, uh, you may have lost a game but played well, or you may have won a game and played like crap. So for us, we start over every year and evaluate everything we do, uh, and then we reinstall the program, the core values, and we make sure that everybody in this program understands our why, why we do what we do. Uh, not just what we do or how we do it, but most importantly, why we do what we do in our program. And everybody's got to take ownership of that. And the only way that can happen is you have to articulate it. You've got them because you're, you have people coming and going every year. And so if you just if you don't do that and you just assume that it's just going to carry over, well, you're you're gonna you're not going to have the consistency that that you need. So for us, we start over uh we self evaluate we evaluate the whole program and and then we figure out our our path on how we're going to get better and then we start over and then we go back to work and hey we we get into those mat drills and off season program it's a high level of accountability we we nurture and develop leadership on this team and and uh and it's just very competitive so um you know that's what we do and it's always about what's next you know we we have a windshield mentality it's always about what's in front of us you know hey it's great what's behind us, but whether it's good or whether it's bad, that's not going to have anything to do with where we are now. We enjoyed the journey last year, but this is a new one. And we're right back at the bottom of the mountain with everybody else. Uh, You know, you don't get to stay there, but, but we do have a path uh, over the last eight years that we've, that we've paved. So we we've got a path. Uh, You just got to be willing to put the work in.
6: All right, let's start with the offense. He averaged 39.2 points a game last year. Over 500 yards of offense. It wasn't just, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, it was Wayne Gallman. It was Mike Williams. It was Jordan Leggett. I mean, you had some dudes and some guys with a ton of experience. Quarterback. I mean, right? Like, yeah. Deshaun's gone. What are you going to do at quarterback?
11: Yeah, well, you, you go recruit, you know, and Taj Boyd was the winningest quarterback in school history. And, and when he left, it was like, what do you do with Taj Boyd gone? I'm like, well, we got some guy named Deshaun Watson. We think he's going to be pretty good. And, so you go recruit when when uh Vic Beasley went to the NFL, here was Shaq Lawson and you know, it just the good news is is everybody talks about who's gone, but man, I'm so excited about who's here. We we got every offensive lineman back except one. Uh I think we've got a chance to be better on defense than we were last year. Uh so I'm excited about all those guys and and there's no question we we've, we we got to – new quarterback and and i love our running backs we got three running backs that are that are going to be outstanding we've got outstanding skill at receiver even though we lost mike mike didn't play the year before when we went to the national championship the well, first he got game.
6: heard that first game, uh,
11: so we we got a lot of experience and a lot of guys but we're going to be led up front whoever wins that quarterback job is going to have very good pieces around him but to, to, to answer your question is you go recruit and We've signed guys. Uh, we got three quarterbacks that are really competing for this job. And and they were signed because they fit what we do, and we felt like they could be special. And all we need them to be is the best version of them. We don't need anybody to be Deshaun. He was who he was. We just need Kelly Bryant or Zarek Cooper or Hunter Johnson to be the best version of themselves, and uh, we'll be just fine.
6: Okay, so, like, look, you have this almost decade-long run of success of 10-win seasons. Uh, You've won a national championship. You've been in two college football playoffs. So if you – got. him on saying you sacrifice a game, but you, it's not like you open up the season with patsies now, right? Um, so you you do have the chance – Kelly Bryant's a junior. He's been in the system. You would think he would handle the live bullets a little bit more easily early as opposed to Cooper and, and even Hunter Johnson, who enrolled early, like younger guys. In, in your mind, do you simply – award the winner based upon the competition or do you do you do you put the guy behind or under center because he has the greater upside even if he's not as good out of the shoot
11: <laughs> now potential will get you fired uh this is a game of performance and the culture of our program is you get what you earn uh there's no entitlement uh you know all that all them all them rankings and all that stuff you know that's all based on potential you know, all the uh, you know, preseason rankings of your team, preseason rankings of all conference stuff, that stuff doesn't matter. It, it, when it matters is November. And and for us and where we are right now, what matters is what happens on this field. Otherwise, why go practice? You know, if we're just going to anoint people, you've got to earn it. You know, Deshaun Watson had to come in here and earn it. He had to beat Cole Stout out, and he did. Um, and so for us, that's why the NFL, they have four preseason games. Because they need to go play and they need to figure things out and, and they got to put guys in situations live. We don't get that opportunity in college. We're the only level of football that doesn't have preseason games, jamborees, or something. You know, all we got to each other, all we can do is practice. So the first time that anybody really gets to play live is your first game. Um, but so sometimes it gets settled on your practice field, sometimes it spills over into the season. I don't really know what's going to happen. Kelly Bryant is. Is, is certainly not anointed. He he came out of spring practice as the number one guy. And then Zarek, but Zarek and, and Hunter, it was their fresh first exposure. So now they've gone and worked all summer. So has Kelly. So we've had one day of practice. Uh, they all looked pretty dang good to me yesterday. So it's going to be a fun camp, but we're going to grade everything, evaluate everything, and whoever has earned it on this practice field, in our eyes, will have the opportunity to go start. Uh, but it's not a lifetime contract. You know, you, you, it's a game of performance. So you have to go and perform. And so, you know, hopefully whoever wins the job will do great. But, you know, if not, you you got to continue to give guys opportunities to compete. And to be honest with you, no matter who wins the job, we're going to have to play oh. more than one guy because nobody has any experience. Yeah. So we've got to develop, find a way to develop some experience early part of the season.
6: And you got Kent State to start, but then Auburn at Louisville, Boston College at home, and at Virginia Tech. So, Roadies at Louisville and at Virginia Tech, <laughs> Auburn at home. So that's that's part of your first month of the season. I want to ask you about Howard's Rock. I thought uh, I thought uh, ESPN did a great job last year of showing uh, the, the, just the entire experience. You have this unbelievable yep. football facility, but it's because of layout, right? That it's not on the side of the stadium as Howard's Rock. So they got to they go out of the locker room and then you guys get on the bus and then you go around, right? And, right. Then, and then and then they open up the door and then you know these guys come come out of the come out of the bus. They come down, they touch the rock, and then they go running down. Now there's a there's like a lip there, right? There's almost like a oh, lip. Yeah, a and those big guys one. and those guys like to jump off and they get a ton of air. <laughs> I just wonder though, as a coach, like and you don't you don't sweat a lot of the little things, but you have to hold your breath. Like the last thing I want is to have this team loaded up for bear. Auburn comes in, we're defending Nash Chant. The place is going crazy, and damn if a lineman didn't jump off the lip. After touching Howard's rock and hurt themselves, do you put? Do you tell guys who can and can't jump off that thing?
11: I do not. Uh, I don't say anything at all. You know, I want them to enjoy the experience. Uh, but listen, that's a tradition that's gone on. We've had guys get hurt coming down the hill. Um, you know, I mean, you'd hope that they would. Do you
6: do hill practice for the, we, for the young guys? We,
11: we do not do hill practice. Uh, we we just. I mean, they've all been down the hill, but. But no, we don't. I mean, it's uh, it's it's an amazing experience, and, it, and it's amazing to watch it and witness it. To be honest with you, but. Uh, you hope that they're all athletes enough to be able to get down. That's, for me, that's, hey, my, I'm concerned about myself because I don't want to be an ESPN blooper for life, so I, if I can get down the hill, the rest of the day is pretty easy. Uh, that's the hard part.
6: <laughs> uh, you know, my my son's eight years old. We watched it last year, and I, I swear to you, he ca- he carries a rock with him. He just picked up a random <laughs> rock, and he wants it to be like, like Howard's Rock. That's how much that stuff resonates on TV. I
11: know. It's amazing. You know, it's a tradition that's obviously way, way, way before me, and and this university takes such pride in, and and kids can't wait to be a part of it. And it never gets old. It is an amazing experience, but it, it is very steep. But what people don't realize, it is very steep, and then it's got the hump, and then it's steep again. And uh, but you know, they knock on wood. We've been pretty successful getting down it most days, but we have had a we have had a, a fall or two along the way, but not a lot of injuries.
6: Last thing, I know you got to go, and you're busy. Um... How do you look? You come from humble beginnings. You call on it often. Um, And, you know, Hunter Renfro, former walk on. I mean, he comes from humble beginnings. But you, you know how a lot of this goes is guy signs at Clemson and Clemson has been so good now. They don't remember maybe the tough times. How do you how do the young guys, how do you assimilate them? And yet understand that we started. It's a humble beginnings program that has built into this juggernaut into this national championship hopeful how do you level out guys that haven't even achieved the level of success that they're being rewarded for because the previous guys did achieve it
11: yeah you constantly educate them i constantly i'm the the team historian i'm constantly challenging them and educating them on how we built this program and and again while we do what we do pro we spent two days of program installation with the team before we ever stepped on the field and so you got to imagine now. That's like you know pulling up and having your kids sit in the parking lot at Disney World before for two days before you let them go in. Yeah. You know, but but I want them to understand and have an appreciation. Uh, we work hard at making sure that they have a, a genuine appreciation for the former players, for the things that we have, for the path that we've uh, been on, and for why and how we do things around here. And so we work really, really hard at that, and uh, our guys buy into that. And, and then, you know, you nurture the leadership on your team. You count on the veteran guys to to really uh, teach those, those younger guys that are just showing up. Uh, but I love the fact that I've got 33 seniors and juniors that they don't know anything in their career, but, you know, big wins and and great seasons and two national championship games and and so forth because they know what it looks like and they and so it's their job to make sure they transfer that but the main thing is we do not allow entitlement there we don't we stamp that out at all costs i mean it, we we try to empower our guys and again it's a culture of, of you get what you earn and uh, you got to put the work in. You know, championships are won when the stands are empty. Yep. You don't win them when they're full. You win when the stands are empty. And so you put the work in. And then when you don't, you hold guys accountable. So that's what we do. And um, you know, it's been able to allow us to to have consistency.
6: Well, I I loved it when Ben Bolwer grabbed the microphone and recognized all those former players that 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 built the foundation that ultimately led you guys to win yep. the national championship last year. I was like, that was a great moment that spoke to the culture. Uh, of the program. Well, coach, look, you got a crazy September. Look forward to seeing those guys run down and jump off that lip. Hope nobody gets hurt, especially (laughs) you. We appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Okay. Hey, thank you. Good to be with you. All right. That's uh, Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Joe Klatt called out one of the historic programs in college football history. Why'd he call them out? Find out next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com trade today. Every day at this time on the Doug Gottlieb Show, we play for you a portion of a previous show on the network. Clay, Travis, Stan, Patrick, Colin, Cowherd. But in this case, we'll play you some of Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt was on the herd today. He said this about the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. All
5: you have to do is go to the U.S. News top 30 universities in our country. Of the top 30, 12 schools play Power 5 football. Eight of them had a better record than Notre Dame last year. So stop telling me, Notre Dame people, that academics are preventing you from being good.
6: Um... I mean I get that, I get that Stanford like look they've had massive injuries both the past two years. Um and I thought 2 years ago when they beat Texas that was a national championship caliber team but they were just absolutely obliterated by injuries. Uh, I think it was seven starters and, and and the thing is nobody has that kind of depth in college football. Last year they weren't that good cuz they had, and they had lost so many players to the NFL. So but I do think academics plays a, plays a part it. I really do. They also are a very small school, and it's hard to keep kids in school, unlike Stanford, where the hardest thing to do is to get kids in school not keep them in school. I think it's one of the factors. I think location is one of the factors. I think the depth of quality teams they play is a factor. And I think the fact that they haven't been as good as advertised for a long time. That's what the Fox said. CTE isn't the only thing former football players have to worry about. I'll tell you what else they need to worry about next. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It's a football weekend. Not really? I mean it's like football. We got football this weekend, don't we? Preseason week one. Uh, that starts next week. So we had foot we had a little, little little taste of football. Then next Wednesday, it's really kind of weird. Next Wednesday is Houston, Carolina. Next Thursday, you got like eight games, seven games, something like that. And then there's some Friday games. There's a Saturday game. Then there's a Sunday game. It's Saturday and Sunday. One Saturday in L.A. is uh, Cowboys-Rams. Sunday is Seattle against the L.A. Chargers. I think I'm going to do both. I think I'm going to go for a little bit of both. Put in a request for field passes. Take my dude to come in. Can you imagine like back-to-back days going and seeing the Cowboys run around out there? Watch the Rams. Then watching the Seahawks and the Chargers. Then next, that's after next week. We go to the seventh. Is Rams practice right? What day of the week is that? I, I have no idea. Today is the fourth. That's Monday. So Monday, Monday, you guys are coming down to my. Are you guys coming down or is it just me? I'm going. Dan's going. Yeah. Dan's going. Dan, you're coming down to. Uh, you're coming down to Rams camp. Dan. I will be there. What, what time are you arriving? Well, we can do this show meeting. Or <laughs> uh, 1158
10: uh, Pacific time. No, no, seriously. No. What time are you coming down? <laughs> um, I'm not sure yet, but I uh, hope to be there about maybe, you know, at least uh, maybe even Sunday night, Doug. We'll just put it up that way. Try to avoid traffic because I got a longer drive than everybody.
6: I know, so wait, so are you get? you need a place to stay Sunday night? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I mean, I live, I live 10 minutes from there. I mean, sleepover I mean, at Gottlieb's yeah. so popcorn, it's like a, it's like, pizza party. It's like, um, can we watch movies all night and stay up really late? Uh, yeah, we could. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look. If the company's going to put you up, then you know I'll charge you. And oh, you, charge they aren't. The company.
10: Yeah, no, they aren't. <laughs> they aren't going to put me up. Not? No. You
6: stay at my mom's house too. My mom has 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 three extra bedrooms. The, the boat is now go-go-go-go. moving away from the dock. Yes. You know,
10: from the invite, it's slowly drifting back. Well, to What we the should sea. do
6: is we should get together. I should take you guys to a good breakfasted, good Orange County Newport Beach uh, breakfast.
5: Sure. Hey, sounds great. I yeah. like eggs.
6: You like eggs? <laughs> yeah. We oh, make egg, eggs I can make at my house. Eggs is one of those things where I feel every time I order eggs at a restaurant, I feel like I am just throwing away money. I really, <laughs> I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm guy at the strip club. Just, oh. just going like this with just money in the air. I got to like, be 99 cents for a dozen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like eight bucks for, you know, or 12 bucks for like, you go, to you go to like a hotel. It's like 1599 for an omelet. Like, okay, wait. So all I needed was like three or four eggs put them in a, a pan, you know, put some olive oil in the pan, then put some vegetables and some cheese in there and it's 15 bucks, like that's a huge upcharge.
10: After I eat eggs, they're gone in about 30 minutes. That just got yeah, <laughs> eggs get like Chinese them there. Yeah. you Chinese food Yep. They're in the HOV lane, just put it that way. They just cruise along past everyone Byer, else.
6: Um, here's the thing about traffic though, buyer. Are you an early riser?
10: No, not as much.
6: Okay, but, well, then you should probably go down the night before. Yeah, that's, that, that's why it's early, being like, considered. I got up super early today, and it's it's only like an hour. It was only an hour drive today, but I got a bunch of things. To, I got I checked off a bunch of boxes, things I had to have done. Now it's going to take a lot longer to get back. But, um, yeah, I, we're going to have a good time. We'll see the Rams on. Who are we most excited to see with the Rams? Like, Sean McVay is a, we have, I have, I've spent a little time with him. We have mutual friends. Um He's actually the only guy younger than Ryan Music who uh, who have a microphone in front of him. <laughs> yeah, like he. I mean, Sean McVay actually. The, the thing is, people think he ubers. It's no, he only has his driver's permit, so that's why he gets a ride to practice every day. Um, but I'm, you know, the, the Rams are Rams are interesting, right? Like we've been told how talented they are up front for the last couple of years it's all going to be about Jared Goff, fair or unfair. Uh, and then, you know, look, two years ago, they extended themselves to get to go out and get a really talented running back. And he had a great second half of his rookie year. And then last year, not as much. Plus they have the Arnold, Aaron Donald situation. Um, going to be interesting to see what happens with the Rams. Yeah. That's so Monday we're at Rams camp. And then on the weekend, the Rams play at home. Todd Gurley, of course, only had 885 yards rushing last year. Uh, we know about Case Keenum started starting season, Jared Goff. Many people like myself are like, dude, I think Sean Mannion might, might be the the most ready-to-play guy. Um, but I'm interest, interested by the Rams. Then we go to Cowboys Camp on the 10th, right? Now, Cowboys Camp, buyer is closer to you, isn't it? Yes, that is correct. So we we'll take the wanna, back roads. So I stay at your house when <laughs> <yeah. laughs> we do that? He's yes. He's got a pool, man. Yes, Yes. He has a pool? How do you know he has a pool, Ramos?
7: Because he told me. I have a pool, too. Bobbing if you going up.
6: Do you do you keep the do you keep the pool? What do you keep the pool at? Fire. This is a big. This is a big thing.
10: Well, I found out. <laughs>
6: yeah, it's
10: a. I uh, it's about eighty right about now. I haven't had to turn on the heater because it just gets so warm up by us.
6: Yeah, you 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 basically live on the sun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You live on you live on the sun. We actually keep ours at like eighty three, eighty four. It's not yet, yet not. It's just below bathroom temperature. It doesn't need much heat either though because it's been baking in the sun. All right, so we're we're on the road next week. We'll hopefully have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, we've put in requests for what: Jason Witten, Jared Goff. We should keep a tally, you know, of who we guess yeah, and who we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy Katz, who, who books the show, she's like, "Why are you giving Ryan any credit for my booking?" I was like, "You know what? I won't give her any, but 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 if it doesn't come through, Cindy, then we're gonna blame you." That's. <laughs> It does work both ways.
10: Well, Doug, I got to fill you in on something quick because Fox Sports Radio last year was able to go to Rams camp and John Ramos was there. And John Ramos had access during the the closed portion to the public. John periscoped. While they were practicing, okay, so this wasn't supposed to be on film And John's periscoping saying, <laughs> like, hey, live at Rams camp. Right. While this, they're doing their install 40 yards behind them. This is called oop-de-oop,
6: <laughs> foot right, chicken wing left, on two. Ramos. This is so cool. Ramos was like, in the huddle. Like, Who is this guy? <laughs> D-
7: Dan said to me, are you videoing right now I go yeah yeah He goes, you're not supposed to be doing that I go oh
6: really
10: <laughs> there's Jared Goff running an end around with Tavon Austin uh, uh,
6: uh, Ramos who's your team the Rams you're a Rams guy yes hardcore Rams guy yes music, until they kicked him out of practice music have, you, <laughs> music have you picked a team yeah who the Bengals why are you a Bengals fan
5: Carson Palmer I oh. was I was always a Carson Palmer fan. Okay. And then Orange got you.
6: South Orange County guy, Santa Margarita High School, USC. Right. Good guy. Father of twins as well. Like I'm father of twins. Great. People who have twins are just better people than than regular human beings. Interesting. John I Ramos,
5: know. your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
6: um, so you're a Bengals fan? Correct. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm more of a Charger fan, although I could I can be swayed by I like most LA sports fans. Whoever wins first, that's who we're gonna get behind. Right now, most LA sports fans, truth be told, like, we like the Raiders. Right. The Raiders have kind of always been right. Raiders have been. And I grew up in the shadows of the Rams. I don't know that the old Rams weren't that likable to me. But I finally liked the Rams. They were playing in St. Louis. Kurt Warner, of course, can be recognized as a, as a Hall of Famer this weekend. Ben and Amalu, we got we know him, right? The movie concussion based upon his search for answers uh, with brain disease. Ben and Amalu says um, we have this obsession with CTE, but there's much more to it than that. Quote, there has been so much fascination with CTE that we're going about it the wrong way. CTE is just one disease in a spectrum of many diseases caused by brain trauma. If he, he being a football player, doesn't have CTE, that doesn't mean he doesn't have brain damage. I've always said that every child who plays football has a 100% risk of exposure to brain damage. 100% risk. And I've always said that at the professional level, 100% would have brain damage of some kind or some degree. That's whether or not their brains are found to have CTE. Like, he is tripling down on this thing. Uh, he goes on to say, there's no such thing as a safe blow to the head. And when there are repeated blows to your head, it increases the risk of permanent brain damage. Once you start having hundreds or thousands of blows, there's 100% risk of exposure to permanent brain damage. The brain doesn't have a reasonable capacity to ge- regenerate. This is something we've always known. I don't attack the NFL. I shouldn't. The NFL is a corporation. This is free market. What do corporations do? They try and make money by selling a product or a service. The NFL is not a business of healthcare. It's not research organization. If you think the NFL is not doing anything well, what do you expect? They're a business to make money. The issue is parents. In other words, he's like, you shouldn't ever, ever, ever play football as opposed to many people saying like, look, if you just don't play tackle football until high school, you'll be okay. Right? Or if you only, it's only tackle football for little kids. They don't hit that hard. The helmets are better. It's a lot safer. We teach them to tackle the right way. It's okay. And he's saying never, ever. And he's also saying like CTE is, CTE is to brain trauma caused by football as lung cancer is to smoking, right? Like smoking doesn't just cause lung cancer, emphysema, high blood pressure causes your artery walls to thicken heart disease. Your fingers turn yellow. Your breath turns bad. Your teeth turns yellow. Your mustache smell, clothes smell like smoke. And there's all these other health issues. Plus people around you get sick anyway. What oh you're smoke you going to smoke outside anyway um my my the point is and then you hear Jim Plunkett former Super Bowl MVP says my life sucks this is what he said in the San Jose Mercury News no fun being in my body right now everything hurts now Plunkett is 69 there are lots of guys that are 69 who they would say their body doesn't feel particularly good Plunkett has had 18 operations lives with artificial knees and artificial shoulder and de- debilitating pain in a surgically repaired back, he suffered at least 10 concussions while playing football. He's also dealing with headaches possible related to Bell's palsy, which he contracted a year ago, the San Jose Mercury News said. Wow. Sign me up for that. You know, it's like, um, uh, I think it was Bill Burr ma- makes the joke about about getting married. Where do I sign up to lose half my stuff? Right. Who's the guy that says, where do I sign up for possible debilitating brain injury? And if not, my body just feels awful in my 60s. This is Tom Brady earlier today when discussing um, Giselle's discussion about concussions and whether or not it's anybody's business.
11: I don't want to get into, you know, things that happened in my past, certainly medical history and so forth. I really don't think that's anybody's business. I'm confident in what I do. I'm confident in the things that I do and the ways I train. But it's a contact sport, and I think we all understand that. And uh, there's a lot of great benefits that football brings you. There's certainly you can be put in harm's way. So you just do the best you can do as a player.
6: All right, so I guess the question becomes, should we feel any sympathy towards players who ask for none at this point? Saying they, they, you know, they they know what they're getting into, right? We're giving them all this information, and I would always tell you, we said this: Brady is lucky. He plays quarterback. It's a glamour position, and one in which the league is trying to design more and more ways to keep him safe. He's an asset and a valuable one to the NFL. We care about him. We don't need him getting ear hold. But should we feel any sympathy for these guys who? During the time in which they're playing, they're all kind of saying the same thing, like, I appreciate your concern, but I'm good. Mike Trout joins the show upcoming next. I'll ask him about being the best player in baseball, but playing on a 500 team. Is it harder to be great on a bad team than it is to be great on a good one? Find out from Mike Trout next. If you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade today. Doug Olive Show, Fox Sports Radio. This is the time when you make a decision as a radio host. Do I stall for Mike Trout or do I go into something else knowing that he may call uh he may call in in 10 minutes. I think Mike Trout's going to going to join us in moments. He had a home run last night which helped the uh Angels win yet again. They swept the Phillies who are, you know, like his quasi hometown team. You know, he's from Jersey, but the part of Jersey. This is hard for people who aren't from that part of the country to understand like well, I thought he was from Jersey. He's like, yeah, but Jersey's actually borders Philadelphia. He's a big, he's a hardcore Eagles fan. He's not, right? Hardcore Eagles fan. Eagles chargers this year, October 1st. Now, look, I don't want to be the bad guy because they are right around 500 and could sneak in to the playoffs. Could double two wild cards. Like, it's a, it's a possibility. Would I be the bad guy, music, if I said, like, hey, October 1st, we'll go to the Charger game? knowing they're not going to be playing baseball then? Like, that's not – or do I want to, like, leave it up to the – like, if you guys aren't in the playoffs, if you're not playing the World Series, then love to go to the Charger game with you. That's probably the better way to word it, right? Because, like, he and Carson Wentz are kind of boys. That's a a tough call. Because that's the kind of thing that can send an interview, like, sideways. Like, whoa, hold on, dude. What do you mean we're not going to be playing in October? I'm an angel fan, but like, come on, right? Come on, it's a surprise that they're 500. Considering all the injuries they've had over the last year and a half to their pitching staff, Trout getting hurt this year, they weren't terrible when Trout was out. Got to make these decisions in my mind as we prepare. Yeah, right? <laughs> we're almost ready. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, and then like, uh, Mike Trout joins us on the on the Doug Gottlieb show. All right, so October first, Eagles Chargers. Okay, now look, I got connections with the Chargers. I I I don't want to be presumptuous that if you're not playing baseball, are you going to that game in an Eagles jersey?
9: Um, I don't know if I'll be going to the game, but I'll be wearing an Eagles jersey for sure. Why
6: Definitely. wouldn't you be going to the game? It's like it's in Southern California. You live in Southern California.
9: Uh, all, it, it, it depends. Um, if we have an off day, is is that the end of the season? No, when, it, uh, October
6: it's October first. Like again, I'm offering up the possibility you guys could still be playing October first. Yeah. You're at 500. If you're not playing October first, I don't want to. Like I don't I don't know if wifey's putting pressure on you to go on vacation, but your boys are coming to ta- Your boy Carson Wentz is coming to town.
9: Yeah, uh, I got season tickets uh, in the off season. Um, so I'll just be going games in probably Philadelphia. Uh, I have a couple. Friendly wagers on that game because there's a lot of Chargers fans in here in this uh clubhouse. So it's um yeah, Eagles are going to win for sure. You know
6: what? That's actually my bad. You guys do actually play playing October first. That is yeah, the last game do, of the regular like, season. I'm pretty sure no, that
9: season gets over like the third. I that, think.
6: Um, okay, so uh, tell me what you saw last night. Fastball. You deposit 420 feet. Were you sitting dead red on that fastball?
9: Last night was a curveball.
6: See, that's what I thought, and then I read in the in the paper that, like, Thompson threw you
9: fastball. I was like, that wasn't a fastball, but... No, it was a curveball.
6: Were you sitting on the
9: curveball? I was not sitting on the curveball. I was sitting on a fastball and just reacting to the curveball.
6: So how do you do that?
9: Uh, you know, just telling yourself, you know, if you're ready for the... For me, if I'm ready for the fastball, um, I can make an adjustment for the off-speed. If you're ready to hit the fastball, um, it slows down the off-speed for you, and then uh, you can have time to readjust.
6: Okay, so is it, like, is it all about your, your like, a timing mechanism, keeping your hands in a certain place in terms of your approach? I mean, how do how do, how do you do that in that so many other guys – I mean, that, that sounds like a sound philosophy, but not everybody's able to, to have that philosophy come to fruition.
9: Yeah, I think for me it's just getting my foot down. If I can get my foot down and keep my head still, I can recognize a pitch um, early and, uh, you know, make that adjustment quick. You know, the, the later my foot gets down, the later my – I re- I react to the pitch and my head's moving and um, you know usually if it's a you know good slider that starts in the zone and bounces away you know, I swing at it if my foot's not down and my head's not moving or head's moving.
6: Mike Trout joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. You don't have I'm trying to if I was to describe your swing you you do this like your your right shoulder goes way down your left shoulder goes way up like you start your shoulders start at one plane and then it's not an uppercut but there is you're You're definitely not hitting down as much on the baseball as was traditionally taught maybe ten years ago. Take me through the philosophy and how you hit a baseball
9: yeah, uh you yeah, know, I just try to stay stay inside as much as I can um you know it's uh when I get in trouble is when I start trying to you know pull it, like yank the ball, you know to the left field if I stay in the middle of the field um you know stay inside the baseball, you know it starts with you know in b p or even in the cage off the tee, you know just staying you know up the middle, and um you know if you stay up the middle. And then uh, you know they, if they throw if you're looking fastball off the middle and they throw they throw you an off speed pitch you're gonna you obviously be a little bit early and you can pull it and it'd still be fair uh, if you look left field you know they throw you if you're sitting fastball in left field and they throw you off speed you're gonna hook it foul so I like to stay up the middle and use the whole field.
6: One of the things you've been able to do you've, you've come off the DL and you've hit safely in 13 out of the 15 games since you came off you came off the DL. And I I was I was fascinated to see how you'd play coming back because you had to you're such you play with such a high energy, Um, not just in the field but you you have you have just kind of a spirit about you in your plate that I would I would fear if I were you that you're trying to do too much. What was that like for you to come back off the DL? The team was playing pretty well, and how did you find the balance of not trying to do too much too early?
9: Yeah, um obviously being on a deal you um you you're obviously fresh freshen up a little bit. Um I got to stay in shape and uh obviously the grind of, you know, playing nine innings every night I didn't have that. So, um, you know, once I got back I, I felt fresh, fresh as you know, can be and obviously you gotta be uh, you know, mindful and careful of your thumb. Um and you know, I talked to the trainers and you know, some doctors that uh you know, wearing that guard, I you know should be 100 percent protected. So I uh, I just put it behind me. I, I wasn't even thinking about it.
6: All right, so you going head first anymore? Or is, that, is that yeah? The head, first head first days of...
9: Yep, it's uh, a little weird with the mitten, the mid mitt I have to wear, but uh, you know I'm getting used to it.
6: Um, but not head first in first, right? Never head first in the first base.
9: No, <laughs> no. Nah. You know, it's. Uh, I think I did a couple couple games ago. I think it was a play, you know, close play. I just slid feet first, you know, just to. I didn't want to obviously run into the pitcher, and then obviously you got to be mindful
6: of yourself. No, absolutely. Mike Trout joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. I've always always wondered, and maybe argued, and some of it's because I'm a fan, is that it might actually be harder. I look this year, you guys are good. You're not. It's not as tough as it was last year when the essentially the entire rotation was hurt. But I've always thought it's it it has to be harder to come to work when the expectations for the team aren't as great. Like, people will say, you can't win the MVP if your team's not a playoff team. My argument would be, it's harder to be great on a bad team than it is to be great when there's energy, the stands are full, every game is important. You've been on both. Okay, A couple years ago, Angels had the best record in the American League, guys obviously lost in the playoffs to the Royals. You've been on teams that struggled. What's harder to come to work and bring it when everybody's expectations are to win or the expectations are the opposite?
9: Yeah, um you know, obviously, you know, when you're in it, everything's going good. Um you know, like you said, the fans are in it, uh every game you're you know, the energy's there. And you know, um like last year, uh you know, it's tough it was tough, you know, when you you're coming, you know, mid mid September and you're you're out of the out of the playoff race. But um for me, uh personally, you know, we're we're still playing against teams that are in it and uh, you know, if we can knock them out or you know, make an impact on them, Um, you know, it just, I think it helps us out, and like you said, it's, its there's definitely, you know, right now we're in a spot where three games out, and the last couple games, we've been playing great ball, Um, you know, the energy's there, you know, it's been there all season, we just never, you know, stop fighting, and uh, for me, it's just a Baseball game is you know we're going to try to win every game play hard uh, it doesn't matter the situation.
6: Mike Trout joining us. Angels have won three in a row. They take on the the last place A's tonight at uh, at Anaheim Stadium. Then you got the Orioles. I mean, you mentioned three games out. I don't think people understand just what an accomplishment is for for this team. Um, is it is it reasonable to think you guys could sneak in and get a wild card?
9: Yeah, you know we're playing good right now. Um, you know, scoring a lot of runs, and obviously the pitching's been great. You know, we're getting some guys coming off the DL. Um, you know, Cole's coming back tonight. I think Cam comes back this week, and uh, Skaggs, and, uh, you know, Heaney's pitching well as to, you know, Triple A, But, uh, you know, we're just trying to take it one game at a time. We're not trying to look ahead. Did you uh, go
6: one game at a time on me? Come on, dude. Were you we have with, to.
9: Uh, uh, you can't look ahead. You know, for me, if I look ahead, it's like looking ahead in, 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 in a bat. You know, if you look ahead in two, three at-bats, you're going to – you know, probably messed up the the bat before. So, you gotta, you know, take it one game at a time for us. It's we just gotta keep pushing. Um, you know, try to win series. You know, we we got the A's in town. You know, they they play us you know hard every time and uh, we just got to keep that momentum we got from last night into tonight.
6: I love those uh, the Philly reporters were asking you about coming to Philadelphia <laughs> and you're like, dude, you, you and you I at some point you had to say like, you guys are terrible. I'm not a free agent for like 4 years. Why are you asking but everybody assumes like, oh, eventually he'll want to come home. How do you how do you handle not like you didn't want to say the wrong thing, you didn't, you want to just like I'm committed to the organization. That's got to, That's got to be one to where you take a breath in your mind, like all right, I got to answer this thing just the right way because people are going to parse my answer.
9: <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh I, when I go back to the off season, I obviously go to Philly games and the obviously the Eagles and Sixer games. Um, yeah, I grew up, you know, Phillies fan. Um, you know, every every kid's dream is to become, you know, major league baseball team on on their favorite team. But uh, like you said, I. I I got a, uh, you know, they took a chance, Angels took a chance on me when I was seventeen, and yeah, you know, I, I love it, I love it here, and you know, like I said, I got three more years on my contract, and we'll and we'll see what happens.
6: You're a big processor, so you're believing that the the Sixers playoffs this year?
9: Yeah, uh, I think they'll sneak in. I like the I like the way they're going. You know, they got some, uh, you know, dra- number one picks, and you know, the guys are, are uh, you know coming out and you know see how it goes this year.
6: JJ, twenty three mil for one year. That's good. That's good gig if you can get it. Could could you like you could. 23 mil, you could play basketball. 23 mil one year, that's not a bad gig. <laughs>
9: that's definitely, uh, you know, if he hits some threes, you, you never know.
6: Did you guys go wild? Are you guys going wild goose after the game tonight?
9: Wild goose? No, 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 no. No? No.
6: All right, I thought I saw some fellas wild goose the other night after one of the games. Listen, have a great night tonight, whether it's fastball or curveball. I thought it was a curveball. I read in the Times story it was a fastball. I was like, that wasn't a fastball. That was, that was definitely a curveball. Either way, you tattooed it out 420 feet away, and that helped spark the Angels to their third consecutive win. Mike Trout of the Angels. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All right, it's Mike Trout joining us on the dugout. Wild Goose is a uh, bar, tavern, but a good restaurant as well, uh, not far from where he lives, a lot of the Angels uh, like Angel Watering Hole post game. Would you guys like to go to the Wild Goose after after our show on on Monday? Sounds great. It's really good. Yeah, that's that's the, I think that's your question is how are you going to you're going to fight the slog through traffic. You're going to hang Monday. Or are you going to you going to stay around Monday? That's a tough call there. It's a tough call there. Music's a volleyball guy. Music can go down to Laguna Beach and like play pickup volleyball.
5: Just start playing some some good old fashioned twos, you know. He had
6: uh, yeah, he played twos at uh, Laguna. Did you got did you see the high socks look he was rocking there yesterday, Ramos? It was uh, it was kind of impressive. He had he had like the calf high socks.
7: He's he's a trendsetter when it comes was, to fashion. well no
6: that no but that's like a he's it's kind of a volleyball look like volleyball guys don't go ankle socks volleyball guys go calf never, socks
5: never ankle socks can't I'm I'm it.
6: serious Am I, I'm right though about no the, yeah hundred percent yeah, yeah can't do it it's a total volleyball thing it's the weirdest thing like basketball guys are like dude those socks are high. unless you have NBA socks unless you have NBA socks you don't go calf you, you don't go calf high socks. Volleyball guys never go ankle socks, always go calf high socks. So I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh yeah, volleyball guy, as soon as he walked in. I'm I'm not taking credit for that, the the curveball fastball question. That's absolutely I'll show you the article. That's yeah, I was like, that wasn't a they even asked Thompson about it. He's like, Yeah, it was a fastball. It wasn't a fastball, it was a curveball. Crushed it. Have the Cleveland Browns finally found their starting quarterback? Find out if we find out what's trending. Tiger Woods just tweeted out a picture of, I guess he went, like, lobster diving? That sounds awesome. Nothing like free diving with the kids for lobster at Albany. Mmm. Sounds awesome. Eating the lobster sounds even better. I'm a big lobster guy. Did you know that I could not say the word lobster when I was a kid? Things you guys don't know about me. My dad wanted to name me Rusty. Hey, it's the Rusty Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That is terrible. That is terrible. Thankfully, my mom stepped in. And I couldn't say the word lobster. I would say yopster. So my brother and sister would say, Doug, it's la, 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 lobster. And I would say, la, 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 yopster. There you go. Things that you don't know. Let's get you caught up on other things you didn't know with the press. The press can't believe I asked him fastball was a curveball. I knew it was a curveball did You see the home run he hit last night. Um, No, I missed it. Um, uh, It was, it wasn't Bo Jackson level uh, length, but it was, it was like a line drive. It was a missile right out of Anaheim stadium. And he does have that. My, my son's eight. He watches all the Mike. He actually went up to Mike Trout and said, I love your YouTube videos. And Mike was nice enough to not say, like, I didn't actually put those videos together anyway. (laughs) But but like kids try and if you watch his swing, it it starts his left shoulder is up, his his, his right shoulder is up, his left shoulder is down. And then when he's as he swings, it's like a natural almost switch of the shoulders as his head stays exactly level and only his shoulders switch levels, which creates kind of that upward trajectory when he hits the baseball. It's something really interesting uh, to watch his specific swing. Anyway, go ahead.
10: Phillies Angels was on my list of things to do. It was just 19th last night, and I only got the sixteen. <laughs> Phillies
6: Angels the- is, like, you're watching <laughs> Phillies Angels, you either love the Phillies or love the Angels, or you got money on the game, or you your remote doesn't work, and you're like,
2: damn, this thing won't change the channel, and it's stuck on the
6: worst baseball game of all time. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. I got cut up cutting
10: uh, cutting the dead blister off of my heel. Um, <laughs> Dolphins head coach Adam Gase said no decision has been made on the status of quarterback Ryan Tannehill. But the real news, Doug, may have come for the Miami Herald, who says that Gase has spoken recently with Jay Cutler. In fact, the Herald says the two have spoken over the last two days, as they've also been in contact with other quarterbacks. But that's the latest from South Florida and the quarterbacking situation.
6: All right, here's a question. If you're Jay Cutler, you can go back and take a shot at being a starting quarterback, or you can take the job at Fox. The Fox job's a 30-year job, but uh, I think he only has a one-year deal at Fox. What do you do?
10: I think you go back and play, and I'm going to say it's a little different than Romo, just because Cutler's not in the number 1 analyst spot. Romo is. Cutler isn't. It's still uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman number 1. So Cutler, I think, has flexibility because he's not in that top spot.
6: I would agree, I would agree with you. Not only that, but he's also working with Charles Davis. I mean, it's one of the smart things about the guys over at Fox Sports is that um, knowing this was a possibility and knowing that he was re- going to be really green, they put Charles Davis, a total pro, with him, and so they don't actually have to change their teams. Charles Davis would just call the games, um, unless they you know they could always add somebody else or wait to see if Jay gets cut, whatever. But I I think it's I don't think it's close. I think you absolutely go play. Yeah, absolutely go play. And, you know, he's probably helped his reputation in broadcasting now, even if he's not called a game, because the thought is, and I don't know how his audition really went, but it went well enough for them to, to offer him the job. So then the folks at CBS and ESPN and NFL Network are like, well, Fox is going to hire him. And if he handles it the right way, if he calls, if he calls Eric Shanks and says, listen, I really want to do this gig. This is an awesome gig but i got to get this out of my system, I don't think Eric Shanks would not welcome him back when the opportunity presents itself again.
10: Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com reports rookie quarterback Deshaun Kaiser of the Browns is moving closer and closer to being the starter for their preseason opener against the Saints. In fact, she says that Kaiser's been the best quarterback on the field and the competition hasn't been close between Kaiser, Brock Osweiler, and Cody Kessler. Right.
6: You know, I've talked to several people and one of the things that, that Kaiser... Uh, lost last year, didn't have, was his confidence. I like Brian Kelly a great deal. I do. I like Brian Kelly a great deal, but he is hard on quarterbacks. I mean, he is hard on quarterbacks and, you know, he was very honest about Kaiser, thinking he wasn't ready, that he had there's parts of his personality he had to develop, but I also think that uh, he was beaten up a little bit confidence-wise and uh, and and maybe now this gives him a chance to succeed. He If you watched him the year before when he came in, you know, a couple games in, filling in an injury for Malik Zaire, and he had that confidence, he had that swag, he spun that thing around. He's got a lot of talent. So, there's obviously some some refining to go, but think about it if you're Brock Osweiler. Like, dude, you can't beat out a rookie out of Notre Dame? Two
10: NBA ones to wrap up. First, uh, just to recap, if you may have missed it, Clippers head coach Doc Rivers had his title of president of basketball operations removed by owner Steve Ballmer. Doug, I know you touched on this earlier, but Ballmer told ESPN that the duties of coach and president are enormous responsibilities and the jobs are better handled by two people.
6: I mean, look, it it reads good. It sounds good. It sounds smart. But this is a demotion, right? This is a demotion. Um, You know, this is... Hey, you can't drive. You can't drive a car and talk on a cell phone. So I'm going to take your cell phone away. Um, and you know, it, it, they are two really big jobs. You do need. He did not have any experience running a team when he was running the team. Like all these things are true, but had it worked out, he'd still be the coach and president of the team. Finally, Knicks
10: forward Carmelo Anthony spoke with ESPN saying that he lost the joy of playing basketball after the past few seasons in New York and says now it's all about winning a championship at this point in his career.
6: Shouldn't have been about winning a championship at any point in his career. Hmm. Hmm. That's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. It's Hall of Fame weekend, and that's incredible. But have we lowered the bar for what is, in fact, a Hall of Famer? We'll discuss next. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out truecar.com slash trade today. So, um... The Hall of Fame class of 2017 is uh, set to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And um, I think it's an interesting one. Um, The Pro Football Hall of Fame, like any Hall of Fame, it should be really, really simple. It's really, really simple. There's um, the Malcolm Gladwell book. Is it called Snap? Is that what it's called? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell has a book. About snap decisions, and it, the idea of it is that um, excuse me called Blink, uh, the power of thinking without thinking, and the idea is like when you walk into a room and the first thing you you, you see something you see something should be changed in the architecture, see something should change with the interior design, or see if you you ask a question, your first thought, your first answer. <laughs> is in fact the right answer. You got to go through a bunch of, you start putting down lists of positives, negatives, and what should I say? Just first thing you think of that ends up, that's actually should be that snap judgments are actually usually the best judgments. And so that's kind of how the hall of fame should work, right? Like Morton Anderson finally got in, but I feel like Morton Anderson, maybe it's because there's been other kickers named Anderson, like Gary Anderson as well. But Morton Anderson feels like, oh, that guy should be in. Feels like a Hall of Famer. Terrell Davis, does that, did Terrell Davis feel like a Hall of Famer when he played? I actually think the answer is yes. I know he only really had a couple of good seasons, and he had that one 2,000-yard season. And he was definitely helped by playing on a Super Bowl championship team. And the context, though, was, I think the stat is that the Denver Broncos had seven straight 1,000-yard seasons. 1,000-yard-plus seasons from the running back. With seven straight guys, do you remember any of the other ones? You guys remember Mike Anderson? Mike Anderson, right? I'm going to say Olandis Gary was one of them too. I'm going to say Olandis Gary. Um, there's a bunch. Like, pull up Denver Broncos, and look at leading rusher for the season. You'll see like just a bunch of bunch of different dudes. Ladainian Thompson feels like a Hall of Famer to me. I got no issue with it uh Kenny easily got in Kenny easily was that was he was he was good he was a good player back with the Seattle Seahawks back in the day The Kurt Warner thing is hard the Jason Taylor thing is hard because there were times in which you never I never thought about Jason Taylor There were thought there were times like Jason Taylor like let's not let's be honest Did you think about him anywhere in the realms of like Lawrence Taylor like I, I just and and Football isn't the only Hall of Fame that's gotten into this thing. Tracy McGrady's not a Hall of Famer. Reggie Miller shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. It should be. Dominic Wilkins shouldn't be the Hall of Famer. Baggio and Bigwell shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. The Hall of Famer should be the absolute best in the sport. Like, there should be, like, five Hall of Famers playing in the sport at any one time. Like, those are the best. But that's not really what we do with the Hall of Famers. We do, like. The elite Hall of Fame first ballot, then we do like, oh, you're really you you really good. We want to recognize you. And somebody put their name, you know, decided. Kurt Warner was a good quarterback, man. He had a couple great years. But like, put Kurt Warner's career up against Aaron Rodgers. Put Kurt Warner's career up against Tom Brady's. Because if you're going to put Kurt Warner in the Hall of Fame, then you're going to put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put Russell Wilson in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put Drew Brees in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put, put Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put Aaron Rodgers in the Hall of Fame. You're going to put Matt Ryan in the Hall of Fame. And maybe they all get in, but that's not really the idea of the Hall of Fame. That's like more like a Pro Bowl. Hall of Fame has become kind of the Hall of Good, not the Hall of the greatest we've ever seen. There should be like one or two guys in the league, five guys maybe in the league. Whoever the absolute best is, If they're the best, that's the hard part about Kurt Warner because he was the best in the league and then he was barely in the league. And if you're great, well, you're great. Not, well, he was great and then he wasn't great for five years and then he was good and then he was really good and then he wasn't that good and then he retired. But it does open the door for guys that have had Uh, spurts in the NFL of greatness to be considered the greatest of all time. We're live at Rams camp on Monday. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Have a great, safe weekend. Football's back. Fox Sports Radio.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.